This is Les Strong, and you're listening to the Full and Focus podcast. Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and welcome to our Christmas party show. What better way to enjoy a couple of beers than by talking about a superb win over Leeds United, whose supporters spent Saturday evening marching on together back up the M1 with their tails between their legs, having watched their horrible team succumb to defeat for the first time in nearly three months. Joining me tonight, firstly, is a man who tried to claim his favourite Christmas film is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. When I told him not to be a twat, he picked Miracle on 34th Street. Another member of the Focus team had a miracle on an American street last weekend, but I've been told not to talk about that, so I won't mention that at all. Oh, whoops. Christmas time, don't let the bells end. It's Eastbourne's King of Innuendo, Matt Dom. Hello, mate. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, yeah. All well, all well. Good stuff. Also joining me is a man who definitely won't be lonely this Christmas, having recently got married to the lovely Alexandra. He's back from his honeymoon in Thailand and has picked the less traditional Jingle All The Way as his favourite Christmas film. Talking you through the Fulham Turbo, men, it's J-Mac. Hello, my friend. You all right, mate? Hello, mate. Very well. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. All right. We were back up the third briefly until Sheffield Wednesday beat Bristol City on Sunday. Let's discuss. All right, lads. So Bobby Reid came off the bench at Brentford last week, but started the game against Leeds in place of Cabano. And Harrison Reid was fit again, so started in place of Stefan Johansson. Firstly, it's obviously great to have both these key players back in the team, although I think many of us were surprised that it was Steph Joe who made way for Harrison Reid as opposed to Josh Onoma. But that decision ultimately proved positively decisive. Matt, give me your pre-match thoughts when you saw the team. Well, like harshly like everyone else, I couldn't believe uh, Onoma was still in the team. Fair enough, he'd been improving the, the, the few games he's played, but I, I didn't think he was worth a start. Um, and Steph Joe's been great. Um, but, you know, I guess that's why Scott's the, Scott's the manager and not us, because uh, it was well justified. Onoma had a great game and uh, capped it off with the winner. Um, the rest of the team, it was good to see uh, Bobby Reid back, of course, because... Um, I just think we play so much better when he's in the team. So um, lovely to see him there. Um, other than that, as expected, I'd say, really. I think um, Parker's realised that Knockart might not be up to it as much as uh, some of the other forward players. So um, rightly, he's sitting on the bench at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, and I, th- I think we were all slightly sceptical about Onoma starting the game. J-Matt, you and I met up before the game uh, and had a pint and... Um, admittedly, I was a little bit later than I said I was going to be. So you, you'd had a few pints and um, and were looking at the uh, had, yeah. had a bit more time to digest the team by the time we got together. What did you make of the team? Talk to me. Talk to me about Onoma. Well, I mean, be, seeing Onoma starting, I think everyone, the whole Fulham fan base, had a collective sort of sigh. But you know, he he hasn't impressed recently. He's been played in 
as a number 10, as a number eight, and even sort of a number six sometimes. But, he, you know, in the game against Brentford, he wasn't good. And it almost seemed like some of the other players didn't actually want to pass to him. It was almost like he was that underwhelming. But it was interesting because without Johansson, it means that he played in a sort of eight-ish role, which is where he apparently was happier playing for Spurs and for Villa when he went on loan to them. So I, I was interested to see how he would do in that role. And he obviously did very, very well. And Harrison Reed being back was a huge relief, along with Bobby Reed, as you said earlier. On Saturday, how did you think he looked in the number 25 role? The number 25 role? <laughs> Have I missed it? <laughs> what? what? I'm it's his squad not... number. Come on, keep funny. up. I know you're oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry. I am actually drinking sherry, yes. Um, I, I, thought, I thought he looked good. He was. I mean, he was brilliant. It, what's really nice to see in the centre of midfield is that we have this sort of, you know, he's he's really tall, he's very physical, and he just managed to really be quite bitey and just really impose his physicality on the Leeds players and stop a lot of flow. It was great. And obviously, we'll talk about his goal that it came up to later on. But, you know, some people are saying that he looked like a prime Dixon or two at times, which I think is a bit of an exaggeration. But I think, you know, it, he, you know, I think he had a very, very, very good game. And, um, you know, I was a bit unsure when I saw Bobby Reed on the left-hand side, to be honest, because the thing is with Bobby Reed, he's been playing. It's like he has one week playing in the centre and then he has one week playing on the left. And it, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. He's just a great attacking midfielder. So it was... Any doubts I had about the starting lineup, basically, I was completely I had you know pie on my face by the end of it because all of them excelled. I'm, well, I'm speaking sorry. of, I was, I was just going to say, speaking of prime dicks and a two who Baldwin is uh, flying home. Speaking <laughs> of prime dicks, um, so he's on his way back from America tonight. So um, at the start of the game, Leeds made a bright start in the first couple of minutes and had a good chance when Rodak safely caught a volley at the back post when the visitors might have done better. They then had to make a change when Pablo Hernandez had to go off injured inside three minutes. In the opening few minutes, Dom, uh, were you concerned that our worst fears were going to come true and that Leeds would get themselves ahead? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're a team who really does struggle when we go down. <laughs> when we go behind, when we go behind early in games, um, we're much better suited to being in front, and it, it did look to be more of the same. I mean, I think overall, I, I feel probably a bit fortunate to win it but Leeds as we well know waste a lot of chances um so that what that went in our favor as well and um you know Marit Rodak obviously played his his part hugely in that in that game um I think getting a sort of fortunate penalty early on settled it a bit um and it kind of helped us play our game and it was it was a, it was a different game that we play we, we were a, a lot sitting back a lot more and um going for direct direct balls to Mutro and it seemed to work I think you know we have to admit sometimes we're not going to pass other teams off the park if they're if they're as good as Leeds are so it was good to see that we can we can mix it up um but yeah it, it was looking it was looking tricky early on I was actually really nervous in the first like two like 120 seconds you know because their reputation this season how they've been you know I was actually quite worried and I mean I even thought their snazzy black and pink away kit sort of even looked kind of top class do you know what I mean I was just thought this is quite a sort of like uh I don't know like a very polished outfit <laughs> but the thing is uh, um the injury to Hernandez was really lucky for us because you know he scored three goals and made four assists this season for them it's nothing nothing huge but he has been a lot more vital for Leeds recently in their setup centrally um, he's made key passes and crosses and just generally has made Bielsa ball look very good and flowy. And 
you know, as much as we shouldn't celebrate a player being injured, he it did help us massively. And that was the first few sprinkles of untypical Fulham good luck that occurred in the game, I thought. Yeah, I wouldn't want to celebrate a player being injured at all. But the way that, you know, Leeds um, kind of played throughout the game, they were, they were horrible, a horrible, dirty team. And, you know, I, like you say, I, I don't want to see a, a player get injured or anything like that. But if it had to happen to anyone, then out of all the teams in the league, it's a real shame it happened to Leeds. But anyway, any fears we had early on were um, worries when Josh Oliver did really well on the left. And um, he did well to hold on to the ball. And he, he he hit quite a deep cross to the back post, which Mitro headed back across goal. Bobby Reid was bundled over. Clear penalty for me. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Penalty. Yeah, everyone oh, everyone agrees. Yeah. Def, definite stonewall penalty. Definitely nothing dodgy about that whatsoever. Yeah, um, definitely. And then Mitro <laughs> stepped up and hammered the hammered the penalty home. Never in any doubt. In actual fact, it was it was a pretty crap penalty, and um, the keeper probably would have been a bit disappointed. Um, it still is seventeen goals to the big man. Um, what did J Mac? You were sat yeah. around the Hammersmith end. You, you you must have been nervous when you saw him step up and saw the keeper get a hands with. So I thought he'd missed. Yeah, I mean, this is the second part. This is the second strike of good. Well, no, sorry, the second good luck was the penalty, which clearly wasn't shouldn't have been a penalty, but we'll <laughs> take it. And then the third bit of good luck was it hitting the post and then going in. I mean, we all saw it and we all you know gasped, but luckily it went in. And you know, it's 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 just amazing with Mitrovic. I thought he had an absolutely outstanding game with this one. I mean, yeah. his meant you know I had my doubts because. You know, in, in this league, I've been worried recently that his mentality, he might start having a bit of an attitude of sort of like, oh, I'm too good for this. I mean, the, the events of the last game against Brentford when he took a shot uh, from our half had was a bit of a warning sign to me, making me worry that he might have just had enough. But he, he was he was fantastic in this game. He, he was great. And I, I just, you know, I just, I personally think he should be club captain now. But I mean, we can talk about Mitro to the to the end of the hills yeah i mean i just think he's been brilliant for us and controversial but i also think this league is improving him actually physically i know it's not the prem and i know the the premier league is the holy grail but i think you know when he rejoins the premier league be it with us or without us um he'll actually be a much even grittier player than he already is i mean he was giving them an absolute thumping those center backs the leeds ones um you know but if you know there isn't a candy canes chance in hell He's not beating the record for the highest goals in the championship this season, I don't think. I'll, I'll bet my cat on it. Have you got a cat? I don't have a cat, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're really confident there, Jamie. Have you, um, have you got that app where you can track to see where Santa Claus is? Just out of interest. No. Because I've, 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 I've got this app on my phone that can track where Baldwin is. And um, it just says he's um, he's just coming past Intercourse Lane at the moment. Um, <laughs> oh, how very good. well did you? How well did you think Bobby Reed did on his return to the starting eleven at the weekend? There was a there was a moment in the first first half when he covered brilliantly in the right back position, won the ball back off one of the Leeds players with a man. <laughs> I'm laughing at what I've written it. <laughs> one. Won the ball back off one of the Leeds players with a man bum when he looked second favourite to get the ball. I, I thought he did really well, all in all. Don, what did you make of his performance? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think we're just a much better team when he's there. I, I know J-Mac mentioned earlier in this kind of, he's been played on the left, played in the middle, and it's not, and obviously further back as well in midfield. And, you know, maybe earlier on, Scott Parker was just trying to 
fit him into the team just for the sake of it. Um, whether it's left, uh, right or or down the middle, I think I, I don't really care. I just think our attack is much better when he's when he's there because he runs at pace and he terrifies defenders and um, just just by the fact that he's he, he's legging at them and they're they're on the back foot and things might happen. You know, we we might get a deflection and it might go in. He might get he might get, might get a touch in the box and go down or a heavy push as uh, we saw in the first half. Uh, against uh, yeah. <laughs> to win the penalty, but um, yeah, he he runs all game long, and um, yeah, I, I think I think we're just a, a much better side with him in it. Even Cabano though he has done well, Cabano yeah. has done well since he's come in, but Bobby Reid is just better. He was yeah. just electric when he came on. I mean, he he was just fantastic throughout the whole game. Really, it's amazing how you know. He just there's just something about Bobby Reed's play in this game that just does so much more than Cavalera. We'll come into that in a bit, but I mean he the the link up play that he brings between the midfield and to Mitrovic was outstanding. And like I said, as Dom alluded to, like you know his effort and his pace and busting a gut, it was fantastic. I thought he was arguably man of the match. Fair enough. Okay. Well, what about those two saves from Rodak in the first half to preserve the one nil lead? The first was a low stop after. Really nice defence splitting ball from Leeds. They did really well and, the, you know, they, they looked favourite to score. And I think Rodak saved it with his legs. Then he tipped the ball onto his near post when Leeds looked certain to score. He, he was instrumental again, Jamie. Wasn't he getting the points for us? Yeah, like Slovakian Manuel Neuer, really. I mean, like, to say, no, that's a joke. I mean, like, he had six, six saves to Casillas, uh, one save. You know, I actually just forgot when I saw Casillas or Casillas, I don't know how to pronounce it, sorry, when he was playing. I keep forgetting this guy played for Real Madrid, it's mental. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really, Rodak has really, really impressed all of us, I think. I mean, it feels like ages ago he got that red card now, and he's but he's just got better and better. And I, I think I would go as far to say that he's probably my favourite goalkeeper and probably our most composed since Schwarzer. I know that's maybe a bit controversial, but I think he's, there's a composure about him that's fantastic. I mean, but, but he just... You know, goes to show there's no pinch of salt was needed with the Rotherham fans when they, you know, said how much they loved him for Rotherham. And I don't want to jinx it because, you know, it, I've said the Schwarzer thing now. It was probably stupid. He might be terrible next week. But he, he's been brilliant. And I just think, you know, the fact he was so good in this game does show we need to tighten up defensively for sure because we keep having games now where Rodak is performing out of his skin. But it does, sometimes you don't want that so much because it shows there is a problem with the amount of shots being taken at him. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he made this fantastic save one on one against Stuart Dallas on his right, and then he made himself huge for that. And then he made an amazing save on his left uh, against Patrick Bamford before half time. And also, I've noticed his distributions got even better. I mean, you saw it; you were with me in H five, H four. His his kicks were very shut. Like he he does really good. Quite he, he pegs it up. You know, obviously, Dom said our plan in this game was to boot it up the pitch a lot more and be a lot more direct. Well, his kicks were quite low as well as being quite they were really quite sharp uh free kicks i thought and the distribution it's, it's, was fantastic it's, it's kicking's consistent isn't it every time yeah. he gets it you know he's he's gonna smack it's like i don't know if he, any of you are into golf but you know you you see somebody teeing off and hit a drive and it goes straight down the middle every time and he's he's consistently banging those kicks straight down the middle every time exactly yeah. where he's intending to, to send that's it. that's a much better comparison yeah the golf one yeah it isn't it's very very precise and i just think we've He's just getting better and better, so it's quite ex- exciting times to finally have a goalkeeper that we all we all like. <laughs> yes, um, 
It was a physical game with Leeds, as you'd always expect with them. But Leeds do what they're renowned uh, for and, and took it too far. Um, uh, Matthias Klitsch barged into Joe Bryan uh, at a Leeds corner. Both players were spoken to. Harrison Reed notably then got a yellow card for a foul right in front of the Leeds, Leeds bench as, as the, everybody on their bench jumped up and protested. Then Luke Ayling shoved Tom Kearney into the Leeds dugout after Tom Kearney did well to get a toe on the ball. And again, both players are spoken to, but no card was shown to Ayling. That was mad, Ayling, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was stupid. And it, that, that sort of thing really does annoy me. But, you know, they're, they're the main incidents that I can think of. But I found Leeds to be quite whingy, quite niggly and very dirty. And Matt, they, they don't need to be like that as they're a very good side. Yeah, it's annoying. It's it's kind of, it's just another another tactic though. When, when a team, as good as they are, um Bielsa is you know he, he's that kind of character as well um you can see him sort of just I don't know if anyone else gets really annoyed with the way he kind of sits on the floor in his dugout quite a lot just sort of right at the edge just watching the game it's like how I don't know how what, what benefit you're getting from that he sits on the floor he, it's kind of he sort of it's he it's sort like of a yeah a little box yeah and it's just I don't know I, yeah, they're 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 a horrible side to watch because, as you say, they they should be just a good team and be able to beat play other teams just on ability alone. But um, but in a way, it was good that our lads kind of stood up to it, and Mitro especially had one of the one of his games of the season just bullying them and um, giving it's a it perfect back. game and, for Mitro though, isn't it? A, yeah. a physical battle. He always excels really. in that kind of game. Um, yeah instant thought is the one against Brighton last season, you know, where he just turned it around for us in the second half. He completely bullied the, the centre-backs. Um, and we we didn't used to have the kind of players who would uh, who would help us out in that situation, but but we've got some now. Um, and, you know, Bobby Reed goes down for a soft penalty and they all complain about it, but they forget yeah. about all the other stuff that goes on in the game. Um, the ailing one, I think, should have been red because that was dangerous. Um, there's yeah. no other two ways about it. He didn't get booked at all, but but you potentially you know shoving Tom Kenny's head into some some metal or some wood or something, and it's just exactly. it, it was too close to to do something like that. Um, it's, and yeah. yeah, thoroughly deserved win for us based on the way they were playing. It's amazing how you know they can be transformed allegedly under Bielsa, but still you know the leopard never changes its spots so it's still dirty old leaves deep down under it you know what i mean um it's it's funny i mean i thought the penalty really rubbed them up the wrong way and they just sort of became like old men shouting at clouds after that early on really i just feel i mean i'm sure they still are you know they're still a physical dirty side but i think that once that penalty happened they didn't trust the referee at all from like you know the third or you know whatever minute it was in but yeah it was we were just very lucky, uh, very lucky of that penalty decision. But yeah, I, I, again, very, very physical game. But what I want to say as well, we were watching it, Frenchie, and you actually said, I think this is a fantastic game because a lot of people have been saying it was a boring match. I thought it was actually the best match I've watched at the cottage for a very long time, just purely it because exciting, it felt... It? it was exciting. It felt epic. It felt big. I mean, the both fan bases were fantastic. Leeds were great. We were great. It just felt like basically a, a big game, which it was. Yeah, definitely. Did you think, though, that at that moment when um, Luke Ailey shoved Tom Kearney into the dugout, that would have been the perfect moment for Tony Khan to jump onto the pitch and come and display some of his wrestling moves that he showed earlier in the week? Did you see that clip? Fucking hell. Oh. 
Tony Khan mum... giving the, the worst Stone Cold stunner I've ever seen in my life to somebody. My mum could have done a better stunner than that. It's just, it was, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. He does it so, he even has to, is it right? He has to hold him in place. Sort of like, it, like he actually has to hold him, right? You stay there and I'm going to study. Yeah. Everyone, everyone else around them, like even the wrestlers, you know, even the crowd are just clapping really slowly. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's quite awkward <laughs> to watch. The size know. difference as well. Like he's so, he's so much shorter. Like, he keeps him basically in the knees. And the guy, like all, the guy bends all over the head. What he needed to do was just clinch his fist and bang him on top of the head, oh, and that would have been embarrassing. Would have been game over. If you've no yeah, idea but... what we're talking about, then then look it up on social. Fuck media. off. There's a good old clip of Tony Khan being uh, being a wrestler, but there you go. Anyway, all right, let's let's get back to the football. Then, so right after half time, we had a goal ruled out for offside from a well-worked training ground routine free kick. Cavalero and Joe Bryan stood over the ball. Um, Cav faked to take it, then came back and whipped the ball into the back post. And um, I think Mitrovic stuck it away, but the lines of flag went straight up. And it's good to see we're uh, we're trying different things, isn't it, J Mac? Yeah, and uh, it's just you know it goes to show that Scott Parker is trying new things along with the whole sort of new tactical route we went around this game, which obviously worked. He did his homework with Leeds big time. I think I think it was very good, but. Uh, what was really funny, I mean, I haven't got much to say other than that. When when Cavalera did that, it almost looked like, you can watch it in the replay, Joe Bryan almost sort of shrugs at Cavalera and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's quite, it was quite a funny moment where I didn't actually think Joe Bryan knew what was going on. So, I mean, I'm, of course, I mean, I'm sure it, it was a stroke of genius and it was planned, but it just looked quite uh, Will Farrell and John C. O'Reilly at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it looked quite funny. All, all part of the plan. Yeah. Right, just just before we talk about the Leeds goal, let me just have a little look at my ball bin up. Um, yep, yeah, he's just coming up Chocolate Cock Lane at the moment, so he's quite near the airport for anyone following along. <laughs> so Leeds equalised in the 54th minute. I, I don't want to dwell on this too much, Dom, but is there anything we could have done better defensively? Um, I, I don't know. I think I think the um, the ball the the the, the the pass in behind Ream, I think it's just it's just an excellent piece of football, really. Um, there's not a lot he could do about that. And from from that angle, you're not expecting really a player to, to do much with the shot, but it was a good low shot across the goal. And yeah, maybe Mawson could have been quicker to the rebound, but I think picking holes in what we've done there is a bit harsh. Uh, I don't think we could have done a lot a lot more than that. And you know, the, the tap in. Rodak made the first save. Perhaps he could have pushed it a bit, a bit further wide. But yeah, you're, you're kind of picking holes in it. And I think credit where it's due, it was a good goal. You can't really blame anybody for not picking up Bamford, can you? He's sort of got between two of them, hasn't he? Really, um, just good forward play. Um, Mawson perhaps was a bit slow, but then he he was Very behind slow, him yeah. and sort of on his blind side. Perhaps he didn't realise he was there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit harsh. Got, strikers get tappings like that all the time, and there's not a lot you can do about it, really. Yeah, the the, the tapping I don't have much of a problem with. You know, Mawson is quite slow, like you say, Don. But I mean, I think you know, uh, uh, Nekatia uh, just managed to just pretty much stroll through in between Tim Ream and Joe Bryan a bit too easily for my liking. I mean, I just think it, almost I felt like Mawson and Ream and well, all of our back four were looking for offsides quite a lot in this game. I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like Mawson was almost trying to make the linesman his best friend this match. You could see him like calling to him quite a lot. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's still, 
I don't know. I, have to, I know it's this sort of like popular theory. We talk about it to death. You know, there is a problem in that left center back, left wing area. And but it was very, very easy, very easy for um, I think his name's Alioski to just make that pass to Nekateo, however I pronounce it. But yeah, as Dom says, not not Rodak's fault. I don't think good save. Just unfortunately, just good tap in. We see all the time. Yeah, I, move on. I just kind of think if that was if that was Tom Kearney making that pass, I don't think we'd be saying yeah that they they should be doing a lot better. Um, it's just it's just good football. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair play. Okay, well, Cavalero, I want to come on to now. I got a bit frustrated with him. Uh, there was a moment in the second half when he broke down the right and he was a bit selfish with the ball when there were players in better positions um, and just ended up overrunning the ball and lost it. Um, then he created a chance for himself from the left and almost stuck it in the top corner after uh, after about an hour. He did brilliantly to create that that opportunity for himself. Um, J-Mac, how well did you think Cav played? I mean, I went on to... Um... I said, who scored.com. And I, I mean, it was one of his better games stats wise when it comes to, you know, decent tackles, interceptions and passing, but his attacking threat wasn't at his best, best still. I mean, he hasn't assisted any goals in five games now and he hasn't scored since Charlton, which is 12 games ago. I'm not saying he's a winger. He doesn't have to score or assist every game, but you know, we still haven't found the Wolves player yet that we bought that got promoted with them about a couple of seasons ago. And I, I but I do think he's a great team player and he plays with a good attitude and you can see that he cares and he, tries I just think it's a case maybe of just keeping him in one place he's been left he's been right he's been left and right again I don't know I mean I don't know I'm sure maybe maybe even likes that but if we keep this Reed Mitro and Ivan lineup I think the better will come out of him and the Wolves promotion player will come good hopefully but you know maybe the style eventually if we keep maybe playing in the sort of counter-attacking less possession style that we played he might come out a lot better but knockout basically means we'll be swapping the front three around a lot. So I don't see it staying this this front three for very long, to be honest. All right, mate. Well, let, let's talk about the moment of the match then. And it was a weekend, of course, when um, unlikely scorers grabbed the headlines. Um, Josh Onoma scored what turned out to be the winning goal with 20 minutes to go. Uh, Dom, talk to me about the goal. Uh, well, just it was a fantastic finish. I mean, I think... It came in from the corner. Um, Mitro, sort of being Mitro, just tries to do anything he can to stick it in the net, whether it's an overhead kick or I don't know what he was really trying. Um, just wants the goal. And then it, it, it falls quite nicely for Onoma, but there's a lead player really close to him um, and not much of an angle, but he's uh, he just hit it as hard as he can with the inside of his foot and it's it's gone in. And yeah, really nice finish. Um you know, I, I didn't know that, that that was in his locker, but I, don't, I can't can't say I know really a lot about him as a player. Um, if he's capable of doing that a few times a season, then uh, then that's going to be a, a big bonus to us. But it was really good to see him get that goal. He was he was delighted. He went up straight to the uh, front row, tried to try to get the fans involved, but I don't think anyone kind of dived on like he was expecting, which was a shame. But um, yeah, you but... ever seen School of, School of Rock at the beginning when Jack Black jumps into the crowd and falls flat on his face? <laughs> yeah, <it was> like... <laughs> <laughs> like no, he needs... a couple of guys near going. Do you, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Do you wanna? Watch, 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 and it's too late by that point. If, uh, yeah, he, he needs yeah. a few I mean, more Scott, games. Scott Parker obviously sees something in him though, and I, I read um, Scott Parker's post about comments on Josh, 
Um, and he said that he, when, when we went 2-1 ahead, he just hoped it didn't go 3-1 or 4-1. So Josh ended up getting the winning goal because he felt like he deserved it. Because And, and Scott Parker even said as well, he's had a rough time of it and he, he'd be the first one to admit that. But there's obviously a footballer in Josh Onimer because that was a monumental performance from him on, on Saturday afternoon. Obviously his best performance for the club. A great goal. And I, I don't remember cheering a, a goal this season more than I cheered that one. So I was really pleased for him because I, I feel a little bit sorry for him that he's been getting a lot of stick this season. Well, it just shows, I mean, you know, I think, you know, football fans are fickle and I'm I'm guilty of it. I'll explain that later on. But yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've all been Parker in, Parker out each week, each an alternating week. And, you know, on a mo- you know, has been kind of subpar because of, I think just obviously confidence, but also maybe bad positioning. He's not a number 10. I think the role he played was as a number eight was perfect for him. And hopefully that's where he'll be placed and get better at. But, you know, it's, we all criticize him, but it's just so good to see him actually score. And, you know, always forgiven very quickly when you score a goal, but it was, you know, it was, it was a great thing to see, like you said. And I, I think that's the loudest I've cheered for someone uh, scoring for quite a while. Yeah. A bit like Baldo. You mentioned in out. Well, I was just going to say, you mentioned in, out, in, out there. I've, I've just checked and Baldwin has checked in. So uh, he's on his way home, lads. Um, going into injury time, we, we just needed to keep the ball. What, what were you thinking, J-Mac? I'm going to come to you, J-Mac, on this because we've spoken about this. What were you thinking when Kearney's back pass from the halfway line went straight out from a corner in injury time when we're 2-1 up? Again, this is why I'm talking about the fickle thing. You sort of he makes that mistake, and I just remember everyone around us being like, "Oh, this is ter- he's been terrible this game," you know, and everyone just sort of overreacted quite a lot. But I've got to say, I I, I thought I thought TC had quite a dodgy game. Um, I don't think he was at the races as much as, as well as he could have done, and that's been a that's been a quite a consistent story for quite quite a while now. I mean, and, and he's he scored some absolute beauties this season early on. But there's, I don't know, maybe he's still not fit or maybe he's still feeling a bit unwell from his stomach, but God knows. But I, I, I was I was really angry with that back pass he did. But obviously it was a mistake. But, he, you know, just, just put it out, you know, put it out in front or put it into a throw. Don't do a stupid move like that, especially if you've got Mawson's feet, you know, trying to tackle it or trying to take it. Yeah, well, we went from the uh, from the ridiculous to to the sublime, and Mitro's on fire. His defending was terrifyingly good when he cleared the ball off the line. Dom, what did you make of that? I, in actual fact, we thought it was uh, Mawson at the time, but watching it back, Mitro's just done brilliantly to get the ball off the line. Yeah, I mean, there's about about three white shirts just throwing themselves at that one, uh, just to try and get anything on it. Um, and you see from the replay that you know, the header was going on target and. He's just he's just got his got his bonce on it and blocked it off the line because that, that would have been equalised. And what was that, the ninety fifth minute or something like that? And that would have been yeah. That would have been really really painful, I think, because uh, we we deserve to hold on to that. Um, but it's been a, the story since we've had Mitro. Really, he's as soon as he came in, we we looked better at the back defending set pieces because he he wins so much in the air, and that's just another example of it. Just sheer last ditch defending the determination from him and um he's got that that kind of that guts just in absolute spades isn't he he's also built like a center back you know he's just you know he's 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 so like you know what i don't know he's as slow as i was about to say butch but that sounds a bit weird (laughs) 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 no no I, i just think you know 
he it was an it really that heading that had a moment that he had really sort of summed him up for that game because also I mean he he contributed quite a lot to Onoma's goal but not actually for missing it with the scissor kick thing he was trying to do but he actually caused the corner to happen because he uh, I believe it was uh, Bobby Reed who overshot the corner and but you know Mitrovic suddenly became a right winger and managed to get a corner for us in that instance which was just before you know uh, Onoma scored so I just think Mitrovic was. I mean, if there was a heat, I'm sure there is a heat map. But I haven't actually seen it, but he'd be all over the fucking shop because he was everywhere and brilliant this game. I'll tell you a heat map I would like to see from the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I wondered if Onoma would be the man to make way for a substitution earlier in the game because we didn't make any changes for until injury time. Um, but... Josh was an absolute unit right until the end of the game to hold off a Leeds attack. You know, they were breaking down the right and um, and he just got in the way between the um, between the attacker and, and the byline and just saw the ball out. And I, I thought not only was he fantastic going forward and in the middle, but that was fantastic defensive work from the big man as well, J-Mac. Yeah. And like we said, you know, it, this is obviously... The, the persistence has finally paid off with Scott Parker that he's made. And we've all been, you know, just criti- criticizing till the cows come out about it, but it, it, it's a move that has really paid off. I thought, I think it's it's a very exciting. I mean, I, I, look, another thing I just want to make really clear from this game is is that you know we've won, we were very lucky, but let's not get carried away at the same time because we were lucky and we did play well and we you know we we counteracted what Leeds' plan was. But I, I do think, you know, in order for us to get ahead of ourselves to actually believe this hype, we need to see this from Onoma uh, for another three games and we need to all perform like this for another three games to actually believe that we can maybe even think about chasing the automatic promotions because they're still very far off. Yeah, definitely. And, and looking at the match stats from the weekend as well, we only had 35% possession, which is most unlike us. Um, but we mentioned earlier, we used long goal kicks from Rodak well and, and just looked solid. We've been crying out for a plan B for a few years now. We've talked about this uh, on the pod for a while. Is this now our plan B, do you think? We, we play the passing game, but when we need to, we can mix it up with that with that long ball game. And, of course, we've got Mitra up front as well, who can win those headers and hold the ball up. What do you reckon, Dom? Yeah, it was good to see. Like you say, Mitra is suited to that kind of getting taking the long ball and heading it down, chesting it down, using his feet. He's really good in that kind of situation. But also, I think it suits a lot of our attacking players as well because Cavalera especially doesn't seem to be that... And, and Knockout, now you mentioned, it doesn't seem to be that well-suited to the, the possession game. They're sort of direct attacking players and they're good with uh, running at a defence and keeping them on their back foot rather than playing in front of them. So it was good to see, and I think um, certainly against teams like Leeds, who are likely to have more of the ball, it's definitely something we we could do more often, and we should probably do it more often against the teams that aren't as good as Leeds because there aren't yeah. many in this league. Um, and yeah, I just wonder if um, Parker might think mix it up a bit more, you know, because uh, it's all well and good having possession that yards from your own goal among the centre backs, but we we don't create anything. But mix, mix it up in one game, though. You don't you don't need to just do tap tap. Well, exactly, tap, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can you can you can use that in different stages of of one game, like you said yeah, against sure. the bigger teams or the crapper teams. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I, I think it'd be interesting um, once we get past Christmas and see um, 
what's his name? The centre back we bought. Uh, oh, Michael know. Hector. Yeah, Michael Hector, of course. Yeah. Uh, when after Christmas, when we see Michael Hector come into the team, um, I think I think Tim Ream's place is is in trouble. Actually, um, he's a very good defender on the ball, but as we saw against Leeds, that uh, if 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 we do start to play more of a, a direct game, then have a centre back who's better in the air alongside Mawson. Uh, it might make us more solid at the back, which yeah, we would I think, need with less of the ball. I agree with that. And I also think that Mawson, uh, you know, Mawson is actually, pref- allegedly, that is, he prefers the left centre-back position. I think Tim Ream's been great, but I think he has, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think Mawson obviously is more favoured as a left centre-back, so I can see Hector coming alongside him. I just think Ream looks tired. I mean, he's not spring chicken anymore. But I've got to say, just going back to what you were saying with the, you know, this new style that we went for in this game. It, it suits our defenders better as well, it, it, arguably, as well as our attackers, because it just meant Mawson wasn't prattling around with short passing. and Like, we weren't passing it around our defenders too much. And I think, you know, Mawson did actually look good for us at one point when we were under Ranieri, um, when we had a completely different sort of defensive style. I'm not saying we need to go to Ranieri ball for Mawson to be good, but... When we're a lot more direct and not pratting around too much, I, I think the defence looks a lot better, arguably. Yeah, I, th- I think potentially the player that it's not going to suit is uh, Tom Kearney. Um, I mean, that, that might be a problem when we consider he's the captain and one of the first names on the team sheet. And as you mentioned, Ranieri just then, he he had a really tough time with Ranieri. He you know, got, got stuck out on the right and we were playing a kind of style that bypassed his his talent in the middle, but I think, I think I want to see more, more through balls and more creativity from Tom Kenny. He's all well and good holding up the ball and, you know, passing it short in the number 10 role, but he needs to be doing like what Aloisky did that, that kind of thing. He needs to be doing a lot more of that setting up uh, the strikers, setting up Mitro, setting up Bobby Reed running in from, from the flank. Um, I think we need to see more from him. And you know, if he's if he's a victim of a slightly different style of play, then then maybe it'll be for the best for the team. I think I think we just need to remember as well, though, lads, that Alfie Mawson has had a, a really tough couple of weeks. He's he's made a lot of mistakes that have cost us. So to kind of imply that Michael Hector's going to come in for Tim Ream um, when Tim Ream has been playing well, um, you know. I think at the moment, if Tim Ream is dropped for Michael Hector, um, given Scott Parker, um, Scott Parker's reputation is hanging by a thread or has been, I don't think it would do Scott Parker too many favours. What do you think? Do you, do you think Tim Ream will be the one that makes way for Michael Hector then? Because last week, I think we were implying that it would be Alfie Mawson. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, neither of them are... You know, being playing outstandingly well this this year. You think of the Tim Ream in the twenty three game unbeaten run when we went up yeah. last time. He looked, he looked like he could step into a top six Premier League side. He was playing that well. Yeah. Um, we've seen nothing like that from him this season. Um, Alfie Mawson, he's he's made a few mistakes. Um, he's looking a bit slow off the mark sometimes. He doesn't look. He doesn't, he doesn't look like, like a twenty million, million pound. 15, he doesn't yeah, look like exactly. a fifteen million pound defender, does he? No, he doesn't. No. Um, and he's had a long run in the team now. And yeah. you would expect at this point that he would be looking like the best centre-back in the league if indeed, I mean, he's mm. probably the most expensive one in the league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Maybe maybe Parker waits to see 
who blinks first, who starts stepping their game up and putting Hector alongside the other for for the other defender. Does, but, does Hector walk straight into the team? Ooh, I mean, I, I yeah, it's tough. I, I I think I think it's a matter of just you know. I think the Tim Ream Alfie Mawson partnership is a bit shaky, and I think uh, it's a matter of what formula works, not necessarily who's doing the worst out of the two set of X we currently have. So, yeah. if for instance, you know, I've got a feeling that there'll be some games where he tries it above and sees how they complement one another, because um, it, it could very likely be Michael Hector and Tim Ream. But I don't think I don't think Scott Parker's planning a three in the back system with Hector involved. If that's what, if, as some people are alluding to, I don't think that's the plan at all. But I, I yeah, I, I think it's it's. I think he will be given a shot with both Mawson and uh, Reem just to see, you know, if the yin and yang works, as it were. The three at the back could potentially could potentially work if you think of Tim Reem as the the left sided one, um, yeah, with actually, more yeah. more of a freedom to to perhaps uh, be creative with the ball. Uh, you put Michael Hector in the middle. I think the the tallest one. And Alfie Mawson, but then he'd be kind of stuck on the right, and that's as we know, it's not his best. It's interesting. There's options, but I think um, that's the beauty of it. We we need options, and at the moment we have very few. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why I think actually we might need another centre back on top of uh, Hector as well um, in the transfer window potentially. Uh, just because, well, I mean, you know, I, I just think that there's room for another centre back there. Just because if an injury happens and get, I just feel like we could do with one more. Either you know someone maybe in his thirties or someone just just a sort of another reserve, but that's just me. All right, well let's let's get back onto the Leeds game and wrap it up then. So um, I'm going to come to you first, Dom. Are there any players that you want to call out for having a great game that we haven't already called out? And I want your man of the match. Oh, um, it's hard. I don't think I don't think anyone had a particularly poor game. Um, I think. The, for me, the best player was um, Bobby Reed. Uh, just, just for the fact that how much better we look going forward when he's playing. Uh, I think we really missed him in the three games that we we lost. Um, Honorable mention to Marek Rodak because without him, I, I, like against Swansea, I think we'd have lost the game. Um, but I think for me. One thing that passed us by, I think, is that Harrison Reed had surgery a little while ago, and he he only came back um, to training this week. And then played almost the whole game. I think did he come off an injury time? I think he did. Um, but it, we look so much better with Harrison Reed in the team. But um, mm. for me, uh, and I'm going to come on to you, J Mac, to ask you for your man of the match. But for, for me, the man of the match was Onoma. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was everywhere. He he had a really good game in midfield. He looked good defensively. He looked. He, he got the winning goal. Um, I yeah. love that he came over to the fans uh, when he scored, um, even if it was a bit of a Jack Black moment, um, <laughs> because because he'd been getting stick and he still came over to us. And, um, you know, it, I, I think he could endear himself to the supporters with, with that goal. In You know, it's not like we've just beaten some, um, some team in the cup from non-league or something. We've beaten one of the best teams in the league and he got the winning goal. So fair play to him. He's bounced back in, in the face of adversity and, and I'm really pleased for him. Um, J Mac, who's, who's your man of the match, and anybody else you want to call out? Um, my heart says um, Onoma, and my head says Bobby Reed. I mean, Bobby Reed, you know what he did in this game. The electricity—I keep saying electricity—it's such a fucking cliche. But you know, the his how, how good he was. Hmm. I just don't think that's something that Knockout would have brought or Cavalier would have brought. And I just think you know he was 
huge for this win and for the way we played. However, if I was to make a Hollywood sentimental movie about this, it would obviously be Onoma, and I think he does deserve Man of the Match in, like, in face of all that criticism he got. But uh, just to mention, I thought Cyrus Christie was brilliant. I don't think he, I don't think he made a step wrong this game, and I think he's, you know, we, we, we've all. He's had a lot of stick, you know, talk about players yeah, having yes. stick like Onoma. He's had masses amounts of stick. And, you know, there's some members of the Film Focus family who have had private messages from him, you know, talking about, you know, family members that are ill. And, you know, he, he's a really, really good guy. And I, I actually really want him to do well for us. And I, I'd like him to actually hopefully stay in that position and just keep Adoy on the sidelines and as a substitute rather than a starter. But yeah, a big love for Cyrus Christie for me and man of the match, Josh Onema. Uh, it says a lot about somebody like Cyrus Christie as well, because he's obviously not the most popular member of the team amongst the supporters. Um, yeah, the way he, can, he conducted himself um, in, in that moment that, that you just mentioned there with, with the member of the Fulham Focus team, he did that privately and not publicly. And he could have done that publicly to try and up his profile. Exactly. He he's done that privately. So what a top man. Yeah, he, he gives a, a lot of time and money to charity as well, doesn't he, in his yeah. spare time. And again, doesn't doesn't make a big deal out of it. Um, and yes, like nice, nice human being. Nice it'd, be human amazing, being. it'd be amazing if he... Um, become the, the player for us that we thought he would be when we first got him. All right, let's come on to a Scott Parker rating then. Uh, Dom, I'm going to come to you first. Out of 10 for Scott Parker for the win over Leeds, what are you giving the man? I think I think it's an eight. Um, I think we still gave up too many chances. Um, and on another day, they could have got three or four. Um but, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for sticking with Onoma, playing him in perhaps a more, a more familiar position, um, obviously giving him, you know, putting his arm around him and giving him the confidence that he can he can play well, despite <laughs> most of the fans thinking there's there's nothing in, in him as a player. Um, and obviously getting the win against the second place team, if we'd have lost, it, it would have been completely game over. He didn't make substitutions for the sake of it either, because he could have easily good, taken yeah. somebody off at 20 minutes to go. Um, the way he we left his playing. substitutions. He le- sorry, he, sorry. sorry, mate. He, le- he left his substitutions until injury time to run yeah. the clock down. I, I like that. Yeah, and also I think the way we were playing, the, the, it was a kind of... We were playing as a, as a unit. Um, the team were, were together. The midfield was working together. And you don't want to just take a player out and put a new one in in that situation. So I think... Yeah, that that's a, a big plus for him. Good stuff. All right. And what about you, J Mac? Um, I I think I was gonna say eight, similar to Dom, but you know what? I'm gonna give him a nine because one, because it's Christmas, and two two because you know, he he's claimed a big scalp here, which is uh, you know, Bielsa is probably one of the best managers in the world, in the top twenty, probably. And you know, I I planned this I planned this pod for a defeat and to get ready for, you know, the Scott Parker out heat and you know being really excited by the fact David Moyes was in the crowd, for instance, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, but you know, we talk about people that have had criticism. I mean, I've, I've been hard. It's been hard to see if I want, I've been really fickle recently and it's been hard for me to know if I want a new manager or if we should have patience like with Slav, we had with Slavica in the championship or Norwich had with Daniel Farker in the championship. You know, a lot of people all basically thought, to beat Leeds in the top six, we needed a new manager because Parker's boring possession tactics aren't suiting the players right now. But we've now seen that he has even more adaptability than, and he can change things. And on top of the character, 
that we showed this game with our greater desire than least to win the match. It, it just shows to me that Scott's still the guy and, you know, it shows that he can persist with players like Onam and bring the best out of them. And, you know, I remember ages ago, he said, I remember when he just got the job, he said his style was somewhere between Ranieri's and Slab's. And recently it's just seemed like Slab light, you know, or even maybe Slab fucking zero. But but now we've seen that he can change it up, that he can actually be, be, be a bit more robust and if we keep seeing things like this and he actually mixes it up a lot more than just the boring to ourselves to sleep with the passing, I, I, I have more reason to think we're Parker in than Parker out at the moment. So yeah, anyway, long story short, um, nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, fair play. I, I think I'd say a nine as well. You, you look back and you think we lost at home to Bristol City. Then we lost at Preston and we were awful at Preston. Um, then we lost at Brentford, three in the bout, three on the bounce, and then we've come up against one of the best teams in the league, and we've beaten them. And I, I, I've said it a few times this season, but he just doesn't know when he's beaten Scott Parker. He's um, he was a top professional as a as a player, um, you know, player of the year for West Ham many times, commanded lots of money in in transfer fees, and he's got he's got something about him, and to to. Bounce back in the face of adversity um, and win against Leeds, as you say, against one of the one of the best managers in the world. It's fair play to him, and to persist with his guy in centre midfield, Oliver, um, and not just say well, it would have been easy for him to drop Oliver um, after three defeats and bring and you know uh, bring Bobby Reed back in and, and play Steph Joe, who has been playing well, and and he left him out and played Oliver, and he stuck by stuck to his guns, and he got the results. A so fair play to him. Yeah, nine out of ten for me as well. Nice one. All right, um, bear with me a second. I'm going to bring up my outro. Then we'll um, walk off. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in. Why not? Don't keep that in, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking podcast gold, that is. Definitely. All right, lads, let's leave it there then. Merry Christmas, you both. Jay, mate, what are you doing for Christmas, mate? Uh, I'm going to be in West Sussex with my new wife, uh, with the in-laws, and just going to be eating lots of food, lots of chocolate, and just drinking ourselves to sleep and watching terrible movies. It's going to be fantastic. And lots and lots of bread sauce, which apparently some people in the Fun Focus family don't agree with, which I think is you know nuts. Some of you guys like Yorkshire puddings with your Christmas meal, so I, that's, that's nothing weird. R- nothing wrong with Yorkshire puddings. I saw, Yorkshire I saw puddings something with anything. the other day, huh? I don't know what I was watching, but I saw somebody say the other day that bread sauce was porridge for wankers, which really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking cherry you, right now, so I can't talk. Yeah, well, I know, yeah. I know. Sorry about what about you, Dom? What are you doing for Christmas, mate? Yeah, just uh, heading down the road to the the in-laws' house, uh, walking distance. So I've uh, made sure they're not driving anywhere this year. So I Stumbling can distance. get absolutely hammered. <laughs> that, so, same as always, really. What absolutely about What about you, Fredgy? I'm at home. My mum and uh, uh, husband are coming over, and I'm cooking. So, yeah, just uh, I, I expect I'll I'll have a have a few beers early on and um, fall asleep in front of the Queen's speech with a little bit of luck. Although I would quite like to see what the Queen's got to say about Prince Andrew. Although she'll probably probably, probably leave him out of the uh, the speech this year. Yeah, I wonder whether she'll mention Baldwin. Probably not. Anyway, I think we've probably mentioned him enough tonight. Um, I say we, me. Okay, well, yeah, thanks. Thanks you both for joining me and um, Merry Christmas to everybody at home. Hope you all have a brilliant Christmas and a safe and happy new year. We're taking a little break now and we'll be back in the new year, probably to review the Villa Cup game and to have a little look back at what we missed over Christmas. In the meantime, I'm off to call Baldo to get a blow-by-blow account of his fairy tale in New York. See you soon. Cheers.
Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Fulham.